Welcome, welcome to Three Degrees with proper fangirl Heather Anna. That is me. I've been missing you. I'm not going to lie. I felt some kind of way. How do you feel? How's it going? Are you all right? Yeah, I know. It's been, it's been odd. It's been odd. It's been, it's been trying. There's been a lot of things going on, but what we're going to do today, let's focus on what we're going to do today. Today, we're going to sit, walk, stand, whatever we want to do, whatever we feel comfortable with. And we're going to listen to this episode. Okay. We're just going to, we're just going to sit back or, or we're going to stand up or we're going to, we're going to keep going, you know, whatever it is that you're, that's what we're going to do. Okay. I just need you to focus on what you're doing, except listen to what I'm saying and take it in. You know, use the parts that you need for you. Is that clear? Did, did it make any sense? Probably not. You know what? I feel like if you know me, you know me and you get it, you get it. If you don't, you know, you're not going to understand. And that's okay. Oh my gosh, guys. I'm telling you, she's in a mood today. What can we do about it? All right, guys, are you ready? This is today's episode of Three Degrees. Guys, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm excited about telling you about Dolly Parton, okay? Uh, Dolly is adorable, lovely, wonderful, cute as a freaking button, okay? She's about four inches tall, but has so much personality, you can't even stand yourself. Now, where did she start? She was number four of 12 children living in a one-room cabin in Tennessee, okay? Humble, humble beginnings. Her father was illiterate. Her mother was having children every 15 minutes. They were Poe. They were so Poe, okay? Um, I'm, she recalls a story of her writing a song about her little corn cob doll. Now, if you don't know what a corn cob doll is, this is a dried out corn cob that you just put a little dress on it and add some little tassels. And that's your little baby doll. You got to get creative when you're poor, okay? We're making stuff. We're not We're not going to the grocery store or the department store to get ourselves a Cabbage Patch doll. I don't think they had Cabbage Patch dolls back then. But anyway, in fact, that reminds me of a story of when I was a child. I really wanted a Cabbage Patch doll. And my family, we didn't have a lot of money. Um, my daddy worked. My mother stayed at home. And so they, um, my mother commissioned some woman in our church to make us baby dolls that look like Cabbage Patch dolls. And I'm not trying to fat shame these dolls, but they were just fat dolls. I mean, just big, giant fat dolls. And my little baby sister, it was her clothes that we put her on because my baby sister was, like, she was 11 pounds when she was born. She was not three months old when she was born. She was only two weeks late, I think. But uh, anyway, and so I, I still have, some, you know, I have some residual trauma uh, from those Cabbage Patch dolls. I mean, they weren't Cabbage Patch dolls. They were just... Anyway, so I, I I understand Dolly, and she had the corn cob doll, and I had the fake Cabbage Patch dolls. So we understand our poor. I don't know that I was as poor as Dolly, but I mean, you see it. I didn't I didn't get to have you know the doll that was you know Lolita, um, that was born in Cleveland, Tennessee, or I guess they're born in Cleveland, Georgia. Anyway, I digress. Did we get off on a tangent already, y'all? You better focus. Okay, so she was playing the guitar by the time she was eight years old. She had a little baby vision of herself. By the time that she graduated high school, she was like, this is what I'm going to do. And so they're going around from person to person to person of her graduating class. Apparently, they could talk to all of them. And they said, okay, Dolly Parton, what are you going to do? She says, I'm going to be a star, and I'm moving to Nashville. And they laughed. And she thought, you know what? Now, that's just rude. 
And though it hurt her feelings a little bit, she packed her stuff up, didn't even wash her clothes, and headed off to Nashville the very next day. I mean, literally did not pack clean clothes. She had to go to the wishy-washy laundromat. And as fate would have it, Carl Dean passed by that wishy-washy laundromat that day and saw cute little Miss Dolly Parton in there with her short shorts and her midriff showing and said, uh, excuse me, ma'am, <laughs> let me introduce myself. And then they dated for two years and they've been married for 56 years now. So she got the love thing figured out straight out the gate. But she had plans for herself. So she gets out there in the world in Nashville and she starts performing and she hears about an opening at the Porter Wagner show, which was like the show at the time. It was number one. So she auditions for the show and they said, look, we'd like to offer it to you. And she says, you know, I'm going to have to think about it. Yes, I will. That's how long she thought about it. She said, yes, I will. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm in. Well, she was replacing somebody that was actually beloved. Norma Jean. They like Norma Jean. And so a little bit of an uphill battle. Uh, But it was Dolly Parton, so don't you worry. She came in there shining like a brand new penny. And then she and Porter started writing songs together. And my goodness, it was popular on the radio and it was popular here and it was popular there. And everybody really started to love her. Now, she had told him when she first started there, look, I'm going to give you five years because I have plans for myself. I'm going to be a solo female artist. She said she's going to be a girl singer by herself, but solo female artist. Okay. And she actually ended up giving him seven years. And they struggled. It wasn't like the dream collab. Obviously, she had a vision. He had a vision. And they struggled. And so for her to leave after seven years, he was not really having any of that. You know, that was back when men thought that they could decide everything. Um, They don't get to decide everything, especially with Dolly Parton. She said, let me write you a song. Uh, She said, bittersweet memories is all I'll be leaving with. Um, But you know what? Don't worry, sweetheart. I will always love you. Now, if that sounds kind of similar to a song that you've heard before, give me a hot second. We're going to talk about that. So she wrote the song, I Will Always Love You. And did that warm his heart? Did that make him feel so much better? Did he just let her leave with ease? No, he did not. Now, she says, now I have no hard feelings. We worked it out because I'm Dolly Parton. I'm Dolly Parton and I went my own way. So she starts writing songs. And she did well, okay? People like Dolly Parton. Now, mind you, she had the biggest hair in town, the tiniest waist in town, the tightest clothes. They were something to talk about. And when she'd go on these interviews, I'm going to tell you, it's flat out embarrassing listening to these men talk to her and ask her these questions. In fact, I might have thought, uh-huh. Who are you and what are you asking, Dolly Parton? But this woman takes it in stride, makes fun of herself. She's self-deprecating, but never presents herself as a person without confidence. She is corny with her jokes and tells jokes on herself, but never lets you think that she's just a dumb blonde. She, in fact, wrote a song called Dumb Blonde that reminds you I'm more than this wig on my head. And she is. She was a smart businesswoman. She ended up with 50-plus Grammy nominations. 11 she won, 13 ACMs, 10 CMAs. She's had 48 solo studio albums. She's written over 3,000 songs. 
She has her own little way of writing songs, and she still sits down with a piece of paper, a pen, and a tape recorder. Now, for those of you that are younger than I am, a tape recorder, how do I explain this? It's a little piece of plastic. It's got two spools of, of film that records audio, and you set it in a thing, and it has these little gears that turn. You know, it's kind of hard to explain. You don't just push a button. I mean, you push a button, but something happens to the little cassette tape. So then she takes that cassette tape, and then she gives it to somebody else, and then they end up giving her an MP3. You know what an MP3 is. That's how you're listening to this. So she has this whole ent- entire process, and at some point, uh, she gets offered to do a movie called Nine to Five. And she said, look, I'll do it. Because of Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin. Yeah, they seem like all right folks to get a get into a project with. But I got to write the theme song and I got to write, uh, I got to sing it. I got to perform it. And they said, okay. And so she sat there while they were recording. Oh, uh, other side note. She learned every single word of the entire script, every person's part, because she thought that's how you, how you did it. She didn't just learn her part. And they teased her for it. And yet... When they forgot their lines, guess who was able to just say, oh, by the way, it's X, Y, and Z. Yeah, there you go. Because she memorized it all. She wasn't joking. She wasn't playing. She was prepared. And that song, in my personal opinion, might have been a bit before its time. Because what it talked about is I'm not just a stupid secretary with no ideas where I shouldn't be listened to, where I get sexually harassed at the office place. I'm like, oh, we are... We're talking about some things, some topics. So she does nine to five. She eventually does Steel Magnolias. And if you didn't see her being Trudy and Steel Magnolias, oh, go do it today. Do it today. It's one of my most favorite movies ever. Sally Field destroys me in that movie. But Trudy said, I mean, Trudy says, Dolly says, when she did that movie, she related so much to Trudy because she said, had I not become a performer, I absolutely would have been a beautician because I never would have been able to afford to get my nails and my hair and my makeup done. I'd have to have some kind of discount. So she said she would have been a beautician otherwise. But she was destined for more. She was inducted into the National Songwriters Hall of Fame and the Country Music Hall of Fame and the National Academy of Popular Music Songwriters Hall of Fame. But it's her work with children and literacy that really sparks my interest. Her daddy was illiterate, as I may have mentioned at the beginning of the episode, and she wanted a way to bring books into the household before school. So she started the Imagination Library. And then now she has scholarships. And then at some point she decided, you know what I want to do? I want to bring something to my community in Tennessee. And I want to have an amusement park. It will employ people, it will bring fun, it will bring community together, and then I can take the proceeds of this park and do other things. And so she brought this to her team, and her team was like, oh yeah, Dolly, I don't think that's a very good idea. She said, you don't. Oh, okay. And so she fired that team and got a new team, and they loved the idea. So that's how Dollywood happened. And now Dollywood's been out there for 30 years, and if you haven't been to Dollywood, That is also an experience that I have to say is adorable and precious. She's everywhere you turn. There's little local artists in there and you can go see all the clothes that she's ever worn, all these 
custom costumes that she's worn and see her story all over the place. But what she has done with the money, as she watches it flows in, she's watched it go right back out, as she says, creating the scholarships for children. She is now offering free college to employees of Dollywood because she thinks education is important. Now, she has said, if you don't have a college education, I want you to know there's a book out there that you can read about anything that you want to know about. So she really promotes furthering your knowledge. And this is an incredible businesswoman. And she worked with all kinds of people. And one of the people that she worked with was Billy Ray Cyrus. And she just connected with him on a level like he was just a good old boy and she was just a good old girl and they were just country folk. And she just liked him. And so when Destiny Hope was born, she said, I have got to be her fairy godmother. I mean, I just, I have to be, you just have to work that out for me. And he said, absolutely. And so that's how we get to our next artist, Miley Cyrus. All right. Now it's going to be hard for me to explain who Destiny Hope is without you fully understanding who Billy Ray Cyrus is. So for those of you that don't know, way back in the day, this is when I was in high school, Billy Ray Cyrus was singing, don't break my heart, my achy, breaky heart. I just don't think you'd understand. And he's going all over the place singing the song to everybody. And we all know it. Okay. If you know anything about country music, you know that song. If you don't know You've never heard country music before. You've heard that song, okay? And Billy Ray Cyrus has this little, this little tiny girl. She was tiny when she was born. Lord help us all. Has this little girl, and they name her Destiny Hope. But she was the smiliest of smileys, and so much so, he called her Smiley Miley. So she became Miley, Miley Cyrus. And this little firecracker was the cutest little freaking girl I have ever seen. <laughs> you go back and look at her. I mean, she's cute now. I mean, she's a beautiful, beautiful young lady. But when you go back and look at her as a little tiny kid, she was freaking adorable. And ham it up on stage with Daddy. Daddy would go and perform. She wants to participate, and she's singing with him. So she expresses interest, and in, this is what I want to do. Now, I don't know how dads feel about this when they're in the business and they know the business, but they said, okay, we can do it. And she ends up auditioning for a show called Hannah Montana. Now, I raised children in the same time frame. Miley is of similar age. She was born in 92. My kids were born in 99 and 01. So we had some Hannah Montana in our world. And I didn't dislike it. It was cute. She could actually sing. That was enjoyable. And I remember going to see Hannah Montana, the movie. And she sang a little song with her daddy in that movie. I absolutely bawled my eyes out. And then she sings The Climb. Now, if you have not heard the song by Miley Cyrus called The Climb, you know, just reminding you that it's not over and you can figure it out. It's all about the climb. And you just, I just, oh my God. I thought, who is this girl? And these songs that she is singing, she's a baby. And I love the movie. And I thought, am I 15 years old? Like, what is happening? And so, well, you can't stay in that world, right? You can't stay in the Hannah Montana world. And in fact, at some point she said, um, y'all, I love doing this show, but can we bring Aunt Dolly on? That's what she called Dolly Parton. She wanted Aunt Dolly. And what did Aunt Dolly play? (laughs) 
what did Aunt Dolly play in Hannah Montana? Her fairy godmother. Like, her fairy godmother. How freaking cute is that? And so, of course, that brings all new fans to Dolly in a different era. So Miley has all these young fans. And then Dolly starts getting these young fans, too, because she introduces them to her Aunt Dolly, her fairy godmother. But you know what happens when you start off in these cutesy-wootsy little things on Disney? God bless Disney. Uh, they're not trying to make adults. Uh, but they become adults. So Miley starts to become an adult. And Hannah Montana is not really interested in it. I mean, she was she was smoking the smoking the doobies while uh, while she was performing at the tail end of Disney, and she wrote an album, and it was called "Can't Be Tamed." So that was a little controversial. She did a cover of a magazine where she wasn't all the way clothed according to the mamas and the papas, and they said, "I don't like it." I don't like it. You're Hannah Montana. No, no, no. Hannah Montana would not do this. And she's like, actually, I'm, I'm not Hannah Montana. <laughs> I'm Miley Cyrus. And I'm a big girl now. I'm 19 years old or I'm 20 years old. And you, when you get to that stage of your life, you're like, I don't I don't want to be, you know, 12-year-old cute. I want to be 19-year-old sexy. I want to be 20-year-old hot. I mean, that's what they think and that's what they do as, well, they should. I mean, you do your thing. So, she does Can't Be Tamed in 2013, which was Has We Can't Stop, and Wrecking Ball hits the Billboard Singles chart. Now, for those of you that have not seen this video, I'm not asking you to stop right now and go watch it, um, but maybe when this is over, you might want to check it out. It's a, is it shocking? I don't know if it's shocking. It was shocking to me when it first came out because I thought of her as Hannah Montana. And here she is coming like a wrecking ball. And I don't know what she's wearing. If she Was she wearing anything? I don't know. She might not have been wearing anything. And so she did some award shows. And there was some questionable dancing with some questionable outfits. And what we find out about Miley as she matures and ages and has a voice of her own and does its interviews is that she likes the shock. She likes the shock value because you know what? You're going to be talking about her. Then she falls in love. Little Liam Hemsworth. She does a movie with him. Our song, also super cute. I feel like I'm a 12-year-old girl deep down inside. I'm stuck there. I wonder why. It was a it was a softer place. It was an easier place. Uh, it was before I became a teenager and was so mouthy that my mother could hardly contain me. But anyway, our song was a cute little story. And that's when she fell in love with Liam Hemsworth. And so they go on this very long romance. And what happens over time? Well, you change, you develop, you maybe dip your feet into some stuff that maybe your partner's not interested in. Who knows all the things that take place? But they got married. And then before all of that was out in the papers, they were divorced. Major struggles, major heartbreak. And she had written the beautiful song called Malibu in this time frame. And she realized, maybe I need a minute. Maybe being in a relationship isn't where I need to be right now. Maybe I've parted a little too hard. Maybe I need to protect myself. Maybe I need to look out for myself. And so what I've heard of recent years of Miley is about how much she loves animals. I mean, 
And when I say she loves animals, I mean like at the top, top of the list of loving animals. Not just a little bit like I have a dog, but she's got pigs and dogs and cats. And I think she had a, some heartbreak with a goldfish. I don't, I don't know. There's a lot. But she's rescuing animals and loving animals. And she actually did a kind of an odd album about pets. But she wanted to go her own way. What I respect about Miley is that she understands its shock value. She understands that when she does these outlandish things where she's twerking on stage in a nude latex bikini, um, the attention she's getting is because people are shocked to see her that way. But she does seem to understand what she brings to the table. Now, in recent years, if you listen to her performances, she did a rendition of Jolene, which is one of Dolly Parton's songs that is so incredibly beautiful. It absolutely knocked my socks off. Now, I am highly critical (laughs) of pop stars when they do something a little more dramatic, a little more acoustic, a little more raw, I couldn't get over it. I said, now that's the Miley that I heard when she did the climb. And then she's done cover after cover between Joan Jett and so many others that I can't get past how talented she is. So whether or not you like her style or who she dates or the way she wears her hair or how much or how little she wears, what you can't get past is the fact that this young lady is trying to evolve. This young lady is trying to have some independence. And even her father has influenced how they interact with other artists. There was a song, the next artist that I'm going to talk about was trying to do, where the community said, nope, that's not country. And not only did Billy Ray Cyrus get involved, but Miley got involved too. And that's how we get to our next artist, Lil Nas X. All right, guys, I understand that you are going to be a little confused as to how and why we went from Dolly Parton to Miley Cyrus to Lil Nas X, but it's all going to make sense and you're going to get it. I promise. And you know, I kind of like to mix it up and leave you surprised right there at the end as to how I link these people together. But there's a connection. We started with Dolly. He was completely and totally this persona of what? What she thought was the town tramp, right? With the costumes and the sequins and the shape of her and the giant hair and all the makeup. And she was basically ridiculed for it. And yet it's her thing. And then we have Miley Cyrus who comes out as Hannah Montana. There's a persona. There's a thing that she is. And then she changes that thing and says, actually, I'm an ever-evolving thing. And then we come to Lil Nas X. Lil Nas X was actually born Montero Lamar Hill, born outside of Atlanta. And he always had a desire to be a performer. Now, Lil Nas, I'm just going to call him Nas going forward. Nas was born the same year that my oldest daughter was born. 
So this is the beginning of social media by the time they hit middle school. Everybody was on Instagram. And then there was Twitter. Yeah. And what he had was this very specific and special talent for getting people to notice what he said and what he did. And he started learning all these little tricks of how to make things go, quote unquote, viral. So he says that he's going to go to school. He says, Dad, I'm going to go to school. I promise I'm going to college. And so he goes to Atlanta and he starts college and he gets in it and he's like, absolutely not. This is not what I want to do. So he drops out of college and he's sleeping on his sister's floor because he's trying to promote his music online. He's on Twitter and Instagram trying to get people to listen to this music that he's making. And he can't tell his dad what he's doing. No, because he hasn't, he hasn't made it yet. Give it a second. Hold on. I mean, I'll tell you about it as soon as I'm going to make it big. It's going to be great. And so he's constantly doing all of this social media posts on Twitter and Instagram to get followers, to get people to listen to him. And we're getting somewhere. And then he writes Old Town Road. Do you know that song? I'm going to take you back to the blip We're going to ride till we can't no more. I mean, you think you don't know it. You do. You know it. You know it. Sorry if I messed up the words a little bit. I mean, I'm not like completely versed, but I know Old Town Road. Okay. And so he takes it and they start playing it and it starts to go viral. And then country music is like, yeah, that's country. And then they see him. And listen to a little more like, no, I'm just kidding. Not country. Nas is a beautiful six foot one male who happens to have mentioned when Old Town Road became popular was also queer. And as you can imagine, I don't know, I I would like for you to, and I've never brought this up, but I'm going to bring this up here. I would like you to name um, 10 queer artists that you know about of all time. Don't worry, I'll wait. Yeah, you can't name 10 out of thousands and thousands of artists because the music industry is not a big fan. Not a big fan. And so for somebody to be just starting their career and to come out as queer was a very, 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 very big deal. But he did it. So he gets the backlash from country music and they said, this is not a country song. And Billy Ray Cyrus gets wind of this and says, actually, let's make it a little more country. Let's remix it. I will feature on the song and we'll see how it does. Well, and, and how did it do? Well, it became a viral hit on TikTok. It spent 19 weeks on the Billboard Hot 100 chart, and it was the longest running number one song since the chart's debut in 1958. But that near pipe and smoke it. And they're like, well, you know, that's fine. That's fine. You know, you had a, you're a one hit wonder. <laughs> that's what you are. And you don't really have any skills. And you're really not that talented. And you're not going to go anywhere. <laughs> and what do you think Nas did? He said, hold on, I've got an album coming. This is before he had an album, folks. The song happened before he even had an album, okay? So he has an album that he's going to start promoting. 
And it's called Montero, which Montero is his name. I just told you that in the beginning. And what does he do but do a social media stunt where he's pretending to be pregnant? Mm -hmm, You heard me right. Pregnant. This six foot one male beauty is now pregnant and he's six months along and the baby's getting bigger and his belly's getting bigger and he's got a baby shower because he's going to give birth to his first album. It was creative genius. I remember watching it happen and I went to my daughter, Ava, and I said, is this for real? Like he's doing this for, this is like his promo. Like he came up with this and she was like, mom, he's a freaking genius with the social media stuff. And he's got all this hype going. In fact, he did uh, the baby shower gifts and like did a shout out as if Barack Obama sent baby shower gifts to him. It was incredible. And then this album comes out called Montero. And I have to say, there are four or five songs on that album that I'm like, holy cow, this is incredible. One hit wonder, you say. Go back and listen to the songs on this album, such as That's What I Want, Montero, Industry Baby, featuring Jack Harlow, another incredible artist. And he ended up doing a song called Am I Dreaming? And guess who that featured? Miley Cyrus. And what I want to make clear is that this was a young man who whose dad ended up getting custody of him when he was nine or ten years old. So there's no mom in the house past that point. Music gave him a purpose. He felt like use fear as a guide and go in that direction. And he has such an incredible talent that when he got into the music studio with music producers, they were like, how do you know this? And he just has an ear for it. Take this, put that there, shift that over here, add this here. He just gets it. His dad was a gospel singer, but this is some talent that he has that he couldn't not capitalize on. Billy Ray Cyrus's advice to him was this, think like there is no box. And I just, I feel like that's the theme of today's episode. There's no box. And if you get put in a box, get out of the box. Get out of the box. Nas, we don't want you to be in a box. We don't want you to be limited by what the industry has done so far. We don't want you to believe that you can only go to this level or that level. Go to whatever level you want to and continue to make music. Find a way to be even more vulnerable than you have been. Because when we can see people be vulnerable, we can see ourselves in their vulnerability. Thank you for holding up a mirror for us. And I cannot wait to see what else you bring to the table. All right, guys, that was today's episode. I hope that what you took away from Dolly and Miley and Nas is that you don't need to be defined. There's no permanent definition of you. You are malleable. You can evolve. You can grow. You can develop. Maybe who you were five years ago 
isn't who you are now. Maybe you don't want to be the person you are right now in five years. That's a gift that we have as humans. We can evolve and we can grow. I really, really enjoy this process. I hope that you're enjoying these episodes. If you are, do the like and the share and the review and the all the things. Tell everybody. Let them listen. Tell them your favorite episode. Maybe you go back and you go, um, this may not be my favorite episode. I mean, don't get me wrong. This is your favorite episode. But you'll go back and be like, oh, no, 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 no. You've got to hear the episode where she talks about Shania. Or you've got to hear the episode where she talks about Harry Styles in two separate episodes. Oh, my God. Lord have mercy. (laughs) You know, he's my favorite. Anywho, I've got several things that are coming up. If you don't know, you can follow me on Instagram, Proper Fangirl. And in my little link tree, you can find all the different places where you can listen. We also have a Patreon where I've got some new content coming on my Patreon. So if you'd like to get to know me better, Patreon is a good place to do that. I appreciate you guys being here every time that you come, every time that you listen, every time you like, share, review. Thank you. I enjoy you. I love you. I hope you have the best day. Go on, conquer, do the things, be the things, and don't ever let anybody tell you you can't be whoever it is that you want to be. Love you, and see you next time on Three Degrees.